Boch Ashlag, the son of the great Kabbalist Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag, explains the inner meaning of the light of the Noah, which Aaron was commanded to light in the sanctuary, and which was later also lit in the temple. This talk is taken from one of his discussions on the inner meanings of the Torah. The scripture in Leviticus, chapter 24, says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel, and they shall take to you pure olive oil, crushed for lighting, to raise up an eternal light. Outside the dividing curtain of the testimony, in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall set it up before the Lord, from evening to morning, continually, an eternal statute for your generations. Upon the pure manoah, he shall set up the lamps before the Lord continually. And in the book of Numbers, chapter 8, the scripture says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and say to him, When you light the lamps, the seven lamps shall cast their light towards the face of the menorah. Rashi, the great commentator on the Torah, remarked on this that the candles were organised as follows. Six on the six branches, the three eastern ones, that is, with their wicks facing inwards towards the centre one, and likewise the three western ones, the tops of their wicks facing inward towards the centre one. Why were the wicks facing inwards, thus giving off so little light? So that people should not say that God needs the light. In the Talmud, Masachet Shabbat, on the verse outside the dividing curtain of the testimony in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall set it up before the Lord from evening to morning continually, Rav Sheshit exclaims, as if the Creator needs light. For forty years the children of Israel went in the wilderness and they walked only by his light. But this is for a testimony for all the inhabitants of the world that the Divine Presence, the Shekhinah, dwells in Israel. The Gemara continues, What is this testimony? Rav said, This testimony is given by the miracle of the central candle, which was the one closest to the Holy of Holies, and therefore also called the Western Candle. And this candle was given the same amount of oil as the other candles, but they only lasted through the night, whereas the Western Candle continued to burn right throughout the following day as well, and it was from this candle that all the other candles were lit again the following night. The later commentators, called the Tosafot, added to Rav Sheshit's words, Why just talk about the 40 years in the wilderness? Surely the whole world only walks through God's light. Rabbi Ashlag asks the question, Is there an idiot in the world who could think like this, that God needs light? After all, we believe in the 13 principles of faith, that the Holy Blessed One has no body, he has no needs. What can the sages mean? What can the sages have in mind when they say, as if he needs light, or even to bring such evidence that the children of Israel walked for 40 years by his light? It's clear that God does not need the light of the menorah. And even the correction of the later commentators that the entire world goes by his light does not add to this 
when we reflect on the fact that it's obvious that God himself doesn't need light. How could anyone be thinking that the Holy Blessed One needs physical light? It's clear from the discussion of the sages that we are really talking about a much deeper issue and it's clear that the physical light of the candle represents something deeper. In the language of the Kabbalah, the word light refers to God's goodness or his bounty. According to the purpose of creation, God wants to give of his goodness, his light, to the created beings. In order that we will be able to receive all that God wants to give us, in perfection, without the bread of shame, he gave us the work of the mitzvot, so that through them we will come to purify our intentions and be able to come to affinity of form with the Creator through giving unconditionally. The menorah is a symbol of the light of God as it is revealed to the creative beings. Through our awakening through prayer, mitzvot and good deeds, we draw on the light to come from above as we learn in the Holy Zohar. However, the words of Rav Sheshet that we learnt in the above Gemara, in order that they will not say he needs light, imply that even though we need to do the mitzvot from our part, it is not the case that the Holy Blessed One cannot give us all his good if we don't do the mitzvot. This is what the scripture says in the book of Job, chapter 35. Gaze at the heavens and see, and view the skies which are higher than you. If you sinned, what do you do to him? And if your transgressions are many, what do you do to him? If you are righteous, what do you give him? Or what does he take from your hand? From this we can understand that the whole work of the mitzvot is for our benefit to purify our souls. The menorah is teaching us what our work is and that is that we should train ourselves that all our intentions will be directed for the sake of giving. However, even though we need to do our work, God himself does not need it in order to give to us. As the Gemara teaches, does he need light? That is, don't imagine that God cannot give us all his good, all his light, without our good deeds. After all, Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and ate manna, which is bread that comes from heaven, given to them without any work at all from their part. Their food came to them as an awakening from above, that is, simply from God, without any action from their part. The generation of the wilderness received all good and were called the Dor Dea, to the generation of the experience of the love of God, which no other generation ever got called. But the Tosafot take this further. Why single out that generation of the 40 years of wilderness? After all, surely the whole world in actuality only walks through the light of God. That is the whole world, whether Jews or non-Jews. We are all nourished by God without any awakening from our side. If that's the case, so why do we do the mitzvot? 
Why were we commanded them? It is so that we will be able to receive from God without eating the bread of shame. Now we can see that being commanded the mitzvot is a great gift. It's a privilege. All the mitzvot that we do are for our own good, so that we will be able to fit ourselves, so that all our intentions will be directed only for the sake of giving benefit unconditionally. Then we will be in affinity of form with the Creator, and there will be perfection in receiving all the goodness of God. And this is what Rav Sheshit said, It is a testimony for all the inhabitants of the world that the Divine Spirit, the Shekhinah, rests in Israel. In truth, God is the worker of all acts. He alone did, does and will do all actions. This is so, even without our work. As Rav explains, what gives this testimony? It is the miracle of the western, the central candle of the menorah, which in the temple was given exactly the same amount of oil as all the other candles, but gave out its light much longer than the other candles did. This candle testifies if the goodness of God was dependent on our deeds, that is, we only received the goodness of God according to the measure of our work, then the western candle would only give light according to the measure of oil that it was given. But this is not so. The miracle of the candle shows that the Holy Blessed One can give of his bounty in a measure which does not accord with our work. This is his omnipotence. Our deeds are only done so that we may attain perfection in the gift of the King, that we do not eat the bread of shame, and that we acquire affinity of form with him. Therefore, the testimony of the Western candle is that it would give of its light in a miraculous way. For the Holy Blessed One created the world according to the laws of nature. That means that according to nature, the created beings should receive pleasure according to their work. If one puts half a log of oil, which is the measure the sages determined was sufficient for the candle to stay lit from the evening till the morning, that implies the person works the equivalent of a half log. But the western candle would stay alight far beyond the measure of oil that it was given. It shone out by a miracle, and not according to the measure of work. We see from this that the Holy Blessed One is able to give off his bounty, even without the work of the lower one. Rabbi Baruch Ashla continues, Why is the central candle referred to as the western candle? The inner meaning is the Shekhinah is in the west. This was the direction of the Holy of Holies. But west in Hebrew also refers to evening time, when the light is failing. This is the time when our faith has to come to the fore, when we do not experience the light of God. Indeed, we are poor in deeds. The Shekhinah is described as being forlorn. And yet, God gives to us. Even when we are not worthy. This is the inner meaning of giving charity to the poor. This is money we give them, not because they earned it, but simply out of our desire to give love to our fellow, to be in affinity of form with the Creator. And it is in just this way that God gives to us.
This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadita Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Nahoa School online. Details at www.nahoaschool.com or www.nahoapress.com.